Hey there, lovely members. If you've enjoyed being a part of the Bygone Society show so far and think I deserve it as your host, follow the Society and leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast by scrolling down your show page, selecting a star rating, and tapping write a review. If you're already a mega member and fan, consider sharing your favorite episode with friends and family who also enjoy taking a walk down history's eerie lane. None of this would be possible without your support, and I'm grateful to know my kind of weird matches your own. Now, on with the show. In the misty, rolling hills and deep hollows of Appalachia is a land steeped in rich tradition and enduring tales. But make no mistake, these are not mere stories. They're the lifeblood of this place, a deep-rooted connection that transcends time, binding its people to the land and the secrets it holds. The significance of these age-old tales lies in their power to reflect the hopes, fears, and resilience of a people. Through storytelling, they've preserved their history, struggles, and dreams, and at times, even their worst nightmares. I'm Kate Naglieri. Welcome to The Bygone Society Show. Hidden within America's quiet corners, we find ourselves today in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, a tiny town of 5,000 residents that stretches out over just three miles. Across the river lies its sister city, Gallipolis, Ohio, which has even fewer residents. These two small towns, nestled on opposite sides of the Ohio River, are linked not only by the Silver Memorial Bridge, but by a horrific accident back in 1967, an event shrouded in mystery and folklore that feels close to the bone. You see, I grew up in Zanesville, a town two hours north of the site of the tragedy in the Appalachian region of Ohio. I often visited my brother and his family who still reside in and around Point Pleasant and Gallipolis. The Ohio and Kanawha rivers converge in this rich and fertile valley, creating an ideal landscape for farming. The area's rolling hills and lush fields provide a rather picturesque backdrop. The term Appalachian is as much a geographic statement as it is a cultural one. The people here, many of them descendants from displaced Scotch-Irish settlers and local First Nation tribes, are hardworking and resilient, deeply rooted in agriculture, mining, and manufacturing. 
They cherish small-town traditions, where Sunday gatherings at church and Friday night high school football games are staples of the social calendar. Sadly, high unemployment rates, poverty, and widespread substance abuse are also common occurrences. But the region's storied history of hardship actually started nearly 250 years ago at the Battle of Point Pleasant. On October 10, 1774, near present-day Point Pleasant, there was a significant engagement during Lord Dunmore's War, which was part of the larger conflict known as the American Indian War. This battle marked one of the first clashes between Native American forces, primarily led by Shawnee Chief Cornstalk, and the Virginia Militia, commanded by Colonel Andrew Lewis. The conflict was rooted in tensions over Native American land rights and encroachment by European settlers. It all came to a head when Virginia Governor Lord Dunmore launched an expedition against the Western tribes, including the Shawnee, Delaware, and Mingo, to assert colonial control over the region. The Battle of Point Pleasant was a fierce and hard-fought encounter, with both sides suffering significant casualties. But it was the Virginia militia, after heavy fighting, who eventually secured victory. Realizing the dire situation, Chief Cornstalk initiated negotiations with Lord Dunmore. These talks eventually led to what's known as the Treaty of Camp Charlotte in 1774. But as the American Revolutionary War began in 1775, Chief Cornstalk initially tried to remain neutral. However, recognizing that many Native American tribes in the Ohio Valley were divided in their allegiances, he eventually sided with the British in the hope of preserving Native American territory and sovereignty. As you can imagine, this led to a deterioration of relations with the American colonists. In November 1777, during the early stages of the Revolutionary War, Chief Cornstalk and other Shawnee leaders were taken into custody by American militia forces and held as hostages. It's at this point in our count one might find themselves veering off the marked course of history and into the region's deep-seated and enduring folklore. According to local legend, a group of American soldiers responded to distant gunfire coming from the Kanawha River. When they went to investigate, they came across two of their own ambushed by Native Americans. While one soldier narrowly escaped, the other met his end. Enraged and looking for vengeance, the American soldiers forcefully entered the quarters where Chief Cornstalk and other detainees, including his son, were being held and opened fire. Chief Cornstalk sustained eight gunshot wounds. 
but before succumbing to the smoke-filled floor, it's said he uttered the now legendary curse that plagues the land to this day. I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refused to join your pale-faced enemies with the Redcoats. I came to the fort as your friend, and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the Great Spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its peoples be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. For hundreds of years, the legend of Chief Cornstalk's curse was passed down from generation to generation, emboldened by countless unfortunate events. To skeptics, these events are mere coincidences. To believers, they're the aftermath of a scorned father and leader. Some of the strange occurrences often associated with the curse include mysterious deaths, environmental blights, economic downturns, hauntings, and unexplained phenomena. Local legends speak of haunted buildings, with stories of apparitions or ghostly sightings near the Battle of Point Pleasant's historical sites. Other residents describe mysterious lights or will-o'-the-wisp seen in the vicinity. And, of course, one can't forget the immutable economic hardships felt across the area. But there's one unusual event, actually more like a series of unusual sightings, that continue to legitimize the centuries-old curse to this day. The best way to describe what people were witnessing is by reading an article written by Mary Heyer, a newspaper reporter for The Messenger in Athens, Ohio, in November 1966. She wrote, What stands six feet tall has wings, two big red eyes six inches apart, and glides along behind an auto at a hundred miles an hour. Don't know? Well, neither do four Point Pleasant residents who were chased by a weird man-like thing Tuesday night. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette were out for a drive near the desolate McClintic Wildlife Management Area. They were cruising the lonely roads when their headlights illuminated a grotesque figure, its body covered in dark, leathery skin and two red orbs for eyes. The creature didn't flee. Instead, it spread its wings and took flight, pursuing the terrified group with uncanny speed. Two days before, five gravediggers were working in a cemetery near Clendenin, West Virginia, when they suddenly froze. What they saw soaring above them was a massive creature, a figure with a chilling humanoid shape, its wingspan stretching an astonishing 10 feet or more. But it was the creature's piercing red eyes 
that etched horror into their souls. Over the next year, the cryptid, better known as the Mothman, roamed the area, terrorizing locals with its foreboding presence, like something was about to happen. And it wasn't long until the unthinkable did happen. The night of December 15, 1967, was a typical winter evening. There was a chill in the air, and the promise of the holiday season was just around the corner. People went about their business, running errands, visiting friends, and returning home from work. Around 5 p.m., the Silver Bridge teemed with life as rush hour traffic sat bumper to bumper, spanning the length of the bridge. Completed in 1928 and named in memory of World War I veterans, the Silver Bridge was a suspension bridge with large cables that stretched across the river. It was supposed to support the weight of those who crossed it. But with a loud, thunderous roar, the bridge suddenly shook and shuddered. It began to sway and vibrate, sending shockwaves of fear through everyone on the bridge and on shore. Terrified screams filled the air as cars, buses, and trucks plunged into the frigid waters of the Ohio River below. The chaos was overwhelming. A cloud of dust and debris enveloped the scene, further obscuring the night's surreal scene. The bridge's once illuminated structure became a twisted, mangled mass of steel and concrete. Desperate survivors who had managed to escape their sinking vehicles clung to debris or swam toward the riverbank. Brave onlookers rushed to assist, but the scope of the catastrophe was staggering. Rescue efforts were launched immediately, with local law enforcement, first responders, and civilians working side-by-side to pull survivors from the wreckage. Divers braved the icy waters to search for those who were still trapped. The grim reality soon became clear. 46 lives were lost that night, and many more were injured. Be it extraterrestrial life, a harbinger of doom, or a kind of guardian angel trying to warn residents of this small town, the legend of the Mothman has taken flight in present-day Point Pleasant. It hosts an annual Mothman Festival every September, where thousands of people from around the world gather to opine about their favorite cryptid. There's even a museum, aptly named the Mothman Museum, where you can view the largest collection of props, memorabilia, documents, and photographs of the Mothman sightings. And it doesn't stop there. The Mothman has appeared in books, movies, and documentaries, perpetuating its mystique. But perhaps the most important aspect of the Mothman's presence is its place in local Appalachian folklore. You see, there's the history you learn in the classroom. But every now and then, when you find yourself veering off the marked course, you'll hear the tried and true voices of those who actually lived it. 
and they'll tell you the history as they know it, and their parents knew it, and their grandparents, and so on. And as long as those who call Point Pleasant home recount the legend of the Mothman, you'll have to decide for yourself, what is reality? And what is, if anything, a myth? Thank you for listening to The Bygone Society Show, where we chronicle the strange and forgotten corners of history. Do you have a personal story with a cryptid, like the Mothman? I'm dying to hear it. Send in your member tale by emailing me at bygonesocietyshow at gmail.com. You can learn more about the Society by following us on Instagram at The Bygone Society Show, X, formerly Twitter, at Bygone Show, and by visiting thebygonesocietyshow.com. From your gracious and ghoulish host, thanks for listening.